0: hello ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the armchair booking wrestling podcast i'm your host my name is steve barber and joining me is a man who needs no introduction go ahead dude what's your name hey everybody (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and i was just telling you it feels so odd to not have anybody to interview because we've been just knocking them out lately and having a lot of fun doing it because have to give another shout out to St. Clair Octavius Bentley because that was just absolutely fantastic. That we oh met. yeah, that was
1: oh my god, we had such a such a good
0: time. <laughs> uh and I've had so many people actually tell me, they're like, dude, y'all sound like y'all just having fun. I'm like, we were.
2: Yeah. And
0: you know, great guy, um, super and in, in, very intelligent guy, yep. and had a great sense of humor. And he started like from the word go, just making us laugh and just talking to some of his uh, peers they said oh yeah he is one of the funniest people they know uh-huh. and, and so we were very blessed to have him making us laugh on the podcast yeah and and so he knows he's got an open invite you know if he just wants to call us up and say hey look i want to be on your show tonight give us a time we'll, we'll probably just do it
2: oh yeah absolutely <laughs> I mean,
0: and great chemistry with him as well because Dwayne and i we both like to consider ourselves funny and we were able to just roll white right with him yeah and just uh, that was so much fun but you know in the meantime so anybody uh who wants to be interviewed by us yeah just let us know and we're glad we're glad to have you on we do have at least one more lined up here in the next few weeks um, I'm not going to say who it is yet, because no my luck, I'll say, hey, we're going to have this person, then it just falls through, because that's happened you know, before. Yeah. So uh, But tonight, we're going to be reviewing uh, AEW full gear from a few days ago, from this past Saturday. And I was finally able to finish watching uh, the entire pay-per-view just a couple hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, And in uh, fact, Dwight, well, I'm actually starting calling you Red because just like Shawshank Redemption, you're a man who can, man who can get things. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. And that and you're Irish. That's another reason. <laughs> so and if any you know, of y'all have not seen Shawshank Redemption, shame when you go watch it. It is a, just an awesome movie.
1: It's One of my favorite movies ever. Man, Love that movie.
0: Uh, but before we start, let me make sure I remember all our contact and listening info. And I actually do have a weird kind of a strange announcement about one of those. But if anybody would like to email us, it's armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash armchairbookingpodcast. You can find us on Instagram at armchairbookingpodcast. You can find us on Twitter at bookingarmchair. We're on YouTube and we're on TikTok. All you have to do is just search for armchair booking, and we're on pretty much every podcast listening platform that you can think of if we're not on there just let us know get ourselves added and i do have to say something about iheart radio it has been brought to my attention and it's actually something i did notice but i thought it was just my app was messing up we have not had the last 20 or so episodes upload on iheart not since we we interviewed sid holland that's the last one that it's showing wow yeah because our friend randy he let me know that the other day at church he's like hey dude he said i like listening to an iheart he said but it's um it hasn't updated since his episode i'm like ah so i have contacted iheart radio hopefully to get this situation resolved they've actually i told them all about my information i'm i'm saying hey I, i own the armchair booking wrestling podcast and it's not showing up the it's not showing the latest episodes and and I told him like the last I think at the time I said nineteen episodes, and I said here's um, here's the name of the podcast, and and also sent me an email. Well, then they responded with what's the name of your podcast and what's your email address? They emailed oh, me.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but they also did need the link uh, for the podcast. They needed the RSS link, and they needed the actual iHeart link. So, oh okay. Gave that to them, and so now I'm going to be playing the waiting game. Hopefully, they'll get back to me, and we'll figure out what's going on with that.
2: Hopefully, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, there are lots of other platforms, because I know it seems like a lot of people's favorites. Or Spotify seems to be the one everybody tends to gravitate to the most, except for me. Um, oh, actually, I take it back. It seems like if you have an iPhone, Apple Podcast mm-hmm. is like one of the most popular podcasts right, right. that's on iPhone. On a uh like a samsung galaxy because a lot of that is is a google-based platform well google podcast seems to be the favorite one but there's yeah, also i use amazon
1: music on mine
0: yep and you have also have amazon so and i actually have it on mine as well and i will listen to the the episodes just to just kind of a, a quality control check on our part so i can see okay yeah how do we sound what are the what are the commercials uh which one of the funniest things actually would after on the apple podcast the other day after sinclair was talking about us owning money and the check clearing (laughs) yeah (laughs) the very first commercial was for a bank (laughs) (laughs) i don't know that was just some kind of wild coincidence it just happened to be like that so you never know you never know with amazon being around with things that are listening to us
2: yeah that is true
0: all right so let's go ahead and get into this pay-per-view dude i mean i thought this was a Pretty excellent show
1: oh yeah this is a really good this was a an excellent show um i was um watching uh, what culture this morning uh they were talking about this is the second um second most successful aew pay-per-view in company history the of course you know nothing's going to beat all out
0: the one that they had to let this three months ago
1: yeah. Yeah. And uh, but so that's the most that's the most successful one. And then uh, full full gear from this past Saturday was uh, the second. So I thought it was an excellent show. They you get to pay off from two years worth of worth of story, which is something that WWE doesn't do two weeks worth of story, much less commit to two mm-hmm. years worth of story and AEW did an excellent job, you know, getting to the culmination of that story, and just the wrestling was great. the The brawls were good. I mean, so I'm not a huge fan of multi man matches when you get to like five on five, and I feel like it gets a little, little cluttered. But it still wasn't, you know, they still weren't the multi man matches still weren't weren't bad, right? Uh, but I'll, I'll you know i'll get to more of this as we go on but yeah anybody who hasn't had a chance to check check out AEW full gear from this past saturday definitely needs to
0: oh yeah and from word go yeah there, well well we didn't see the dark match unfortunately
1: i i did actually i did see the dark match oh okay. i did watch the dark match uh, um they, is had, that... uh, they had it posted on youtube It was called the buy-in
0: Okay, I'll, I will have to go check that match out. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, I stand corrected. I have not seen the entire pay-per-view because I have not <laughs> seen... Um, oh, man, and Thunder Rosa's in it. I love Thunder yeah. Rosa.
1: Man. Yeah, it was it was excellent. Um, Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa were, went against uh, Jamie Hayter and Nala Rose, and it was an excellent tag team match. That was four talented women really I mean you wouldn't think it was the opener. You wouldn't think it was the the dark match, so to speak, you know, the pre-show match, considering uh the way they went at it. So it was an excellent match. Um it was uh see, Thunder Rosa and Sheeta ended up winning. Yep. Uh, and- but yeah, it was a it was a pretty physical match too.
0: And one of the things, and I should have probably looked this up earlier. I just now looked it up because there was a lot of mention of Eddie Guerrero on this on this, this card. Yes, Yeah. Vic, Vicky actually, she accompanied Jamie Hader, and Nyla Rose uh, for yeah. this match. Yeah. How hard do you think that was for
1: her? Oh, that was that had to be hard because Saturday was. Uh, he, it was that day. years, 16 yeah. years, yep. 16 years that he passed. Um, now Rose did a frog splash in tribute to Eddie,
0: uh, not just him passing. He passed in Minneapolis. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, and I knew it was around the anniversary. It didn't occur to me that it was on that day that they did. Yeah. It. And so, uh, a lot of, and we'll, we'll also, discuss those a lot of tributes to, to Eddie, yeah. which I, I thought that was pretty classy. Um, yeah, me too. Yep, you can even, feel the
1: influence that Eddie has on a lot of wrestlers, just you know, whether it's just because like I know she's not in WWE, but like Sasha Banks, that's the reason she even started wrestling. It was because Eddie Guerrero was who inspired her to start wrestling and Eddie's Eddie's reach in pro wrestling even now, you know, sixteen years after his passing is just phenomenal.
0: Yeah. And yeah, so I will definitely have to go check out that match. I gotta see that frog splash. And and speaking of Nyla Rose, kind of a or not Nyla Rose, but Thunder Rosa, uh this Saturday there is going to be some women from the Northern Wrestling Federation who are going to be traveling down to Texas and they're going to be wrestling and she is going to be the one I, that, what i understand i think she's actually the one heading up the card
1: oh okay and there's awesome.
0: gonna be and there's gonna be aew execs that are gonna be there
1: awesome you no know,
0: so yeah we, and we've had some connections here yeah. recently with nwf and AEW. there was three guys from the nwf who were on the last AEW dark the one that yeah. was out of indianapolis so yeah uh may see some big things for some people which i'm very glad to see yeah me too but the first match that I saw, and I think this ought to say—I mean, this really, really set the tone for the entire card. MJF and Darby Allen.
1: Oh man, <laughs> this was on a card on a card this good. I'm still gonna say this was match of the night. This was just those guys didn't—they didn't waste any time. They got no, they right didn't. into it, and it was—it was amazing from bell to bell. Anybody who doesn't, anybody who can find me a better heel in today's pro wrestling, I'll wait because MJF is just a masterful heel. Just not only to his opponents, but he knows how he has, he literally has fans. He has the audience in the palm of his hand. He knows exactly what button to push, when to push it, when to get them riled up. He knows when to back off. It's just. I haven't seen that good. I, I've said it before. I have not seen a heel of this type of skill since Roddy Piper. Since, you know, prime Roddy Piper, when he was feuding with Hogan, you know, in the mid 80s, that, you know, MJF for me is right up there with Piper.
0: And, and starting riots. I mean. Yes. Yes. And, and I would started say. Riots
1: and love that he started riots, you know. <laughs>
0: Um, I mean, I think you take Roddy Piper, and then you throw in the cockiness of Tully Blanchard.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> yep. I mean that. That is perfect. That oof. is a perfect analogy. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Because, and, and of course, I mean Tully's right there in the in AEW, so he yeah. might be. I mean, uh, he's
1: he's he's with the pinnacle. That's MJF's group. So,
0: so he may yeah. be advising him. Yeah. Hey. Because Tully Blanchard, I cannot think of a time where he was ever a face.
1: I can't either. He was, Shawn Michaels has said that Tully Blanchard was the first cool bad guy that he ever saw. And yeah, Tully was, everything Tully did too. Yeah, I would have to put Tully in there with Piper as far as the prototypical heel. Because Tully could talk it. But then he got in the ring and backed it up.
0: Yes, he did. And of course, so did Roddy. Yes. And I, I mean, in MJF, great wrestler. Darby Allin, another great wrestler. Two different yes. styles, but I mean, but they yeah. were. But
1: woo. they complement each other good. Yeah. They you did. know, they the, just, the chemistry that they have, I could see them doing something else down the line. But I love how AEW does their feuds. They're not so much as one offs, but it's like, Okay, we're gonna have this match on the pay-per-view, but then we're gonna let each guy move along to something else, but then we'll come back to it later when it's necessary to come back to it. They don't they don't do for the most part. Now you've got your your Cody Rhodes and Alistair Black situation, but that's you know, that's a high profile feud. Yeah. But they've also even mixed that up. You're not getting the same match week after week after week
0: and the way this match ended also because mjf kept saying i'll i'll pin you with a headlock takeover yeah and of course after he clocked him with the big ring
1: yeah he clocked him with the <laughs> and, ring and then he did it
0: yeah he pinned him with the headlock takeover and yeah i was like you know what i mean that that's how you do it i mean he said i'm going to do this and yeah. technically i mean you look at it on in the history books is going to go down as he pinned him with a headlock takeover a
1: headlock takeover yeah but and... even DG, the spot where he was talking to the fan, and he uh, like the fan was I couldn't tell what the fan was saying, but MJF was like, "You love it, fat boy. You know you love it." And then Darby Allen shoots through the ropes. Yes, yeah, like and a bullet. <laughs> he didn't have his hands out like most people do with that dive. He took it. He took it all with his shoulder. <laughs> he yeah, did. he looked like a, it was like a rocket <laughs> coming out of that. Boom. He I, hit MJF, and I'm like, oh, that's, I had, I, I had felt
0: to, that. I had to rewind that.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know, I was like, ooh. And then, I mean, they were just him doing the coffin drop off the top onto the, of course, then he, hit, you know, he, he hit the apron, and then, yeah, them doing all these, they were, they were getting crazy in there. And you know, as soon as they got to the back, I mean, they had to be shaking each other's hands saying, yeah, oh, they had to. Uh, Even see, in the it, beginning,
1: the anybody who says. Either one of these guys can't wrestle. You need to watch the first three or four minutes of that match because the chain wrestling that they did was fantastic.
0: Yeah, uh, I was about to say their chain wrestling was actually off the chain. Yeah, I mean, it, it was amazing. And some of the moves—I mean, they and they look like some of the old style Mid Atlantic or yeah. you know Mid South Mid Southern World. Club. I mean, it was actual wrestling, and I absolutely loved it. And you know, great match and of course i mean that, they set the bar pretty high
1: they did they oh. yeah talk about getting the crowd hot for a show that's how you get a crowd hot for a show
0: did was there an eddie tribute in this one did, did one of Did darby hit a frog splash
1: uh darty didn't hit a frog splash uh mjf did the three amigos
0: there we go i knew there was um something i just couldn't remember what because um unfortunately i mean i did have to i mean i watched all the matches you know but uh normally whenever we do a review i like to watch them at least twice yeah yeah but unfortunately i mean i just um you know work whatever yeah no, no. <laughs> i mean paying Trust bills me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but the next match you know with the lucha brothers against uh ftr uh dax and cash Somebody pointed yeah. out, or they okay, were they influenced by Demolition, which with Axe and the Smash?
1: They they were, and I was they, like, they said, wow, they, never they thought said, of that. Um, that's why when they left WWE and they had to change, of course, they had to change their names, right. and that's why they went with those names as a as a nod to Demolition. <laughs> they they did a tribute to Demolition with the names, tribute to the Midnight Express with the Mute. And then, of course, you know, they're to me, they're like Tully and Aaron made over.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, plus, a lot of sprinkling of some of the other uh, great tag teams that we've had because I, I mean, I've seen them do the heart attack. Yeah. And that was in tribute to Jim Neidhart right after he passed away. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah. you know, very classy. And yeah. I'm pretty sure, um, actually, did they, when Animal passed away, did somebody had to have done a doomsday device
1: they uh they did they did the doomsday device okay
0: and yeah yeah, so these guys i mean they are definitely students of the wrestling game yes uh, you know um in particular obviously tag teams and i like the lucha brothers and
1: oh yeah i like them they were um i first i first saw uh well he goes by penta it was, uh, but uh, he did go by Pentagon. But I think it was something with AAA, and they own the name or something. Right. But I saw him in Phoenix in Impact, like Penta's debut match in Impact. He won the world title. It was him, Ray mm-hmm. Phoenix, and Austin Aries was defending. Penta won the match and won the world title. Uh, Penta and Phoenix have been the Impact World Tag Team Champions. I've, so that's how I discovered them, and then I went back and watched stuff from Lucha Underground. Those guys are amazing; just phenomenal singles wrestlers and phenomenal tag team wrestlers.
0: And I like I like this match, and I like they they also had some Eddie uh, tributes yeah. in there. Yes, yes. Um, and one of the little things when just the kind of I don't know what you call it, the jiggle.
2: Yeah, the little shimmy that. Eddie yeah, the little shimmy. That, yeah.
0: yeah. And as soon as you see somebody doing that, you know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, and you know, of course, I mean, this match we knew it was going to be high flying, but, but also with a lot of good wrestling moves, a lot of good tag team moves, and um, great match. And it, it just had to it had to follow. <laughs> it just had to follow that that caliber match between MJF and Darby Allen. But yeah, this was definitely not a bad match by any stretch. Uh, and I, no. yeah, you know, and what, I mean, they put on a both teams put on a tag team clinic. Yeah. I mean they really did. And you know, I'd say Harwood and or Dax Harwood Cash Wheeler, FTR, um, I see them being a team, you know, unless something catastrophic happens, I see them being a team for a very long time. Yeah. Because that I mean that's their goal is to, you know, resurrect the classic tag team wrestling.
1: Yep. The uh you notice at the end when they had the um when they put the mask on and they yes. were talking about yes. the reason that I've, I've heard, I I haven't seen, I haven't read confirmation, but I did see today that there it's been rumored that, um, that Dax legitimately got rocked during the match. And so that's why they did the oh mask thing, but because I think it was on a, um, spin kick from ray phoenix okay and I, I think from what i understand they're saying that dax got rocked so uh cash had to pretty much carry the match from there on you could i mean okay you couldn't really tell that dax was kind of out on his feet but from what i'm what i've been reading he was so that's kind of why they did that finish with the masks to kind of because this way they could kind of say, well, you know, the, the, the wrong man got pinned because Cash wasn't the legal man. Right. And so they could extend the feud without having to have this big convoluted reason. It's just like, well, you beat us, but you beat the wrong guy, so we want to shot the titles. But it, it didn't affect the match. I mean, all four guys worked their butts off.
0: And the fact they had a mask ready and waiting – means they yeah. may they may have been trying to try to pull off a, a killer bees tribute.
1: yeah uh, who was that uh tony Schiavone referenced that okay I, I remember hearing him say that on there talk about killer bees yeah
0: and the next match brian danielson and miro oh man uh, a little more brutal than what i would have thought but i still liked it
1: yeah um, I figured it was going to be, because, you know, Daniel Bryan's pretty, you know, I keep saying Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, <laughs> Jim Ross did it too, several times, and he kept correcting himself, but I mean, you've got a guy who's been somewhere with a certain name for a decade, Yeah, it's kind of hard to make that switch, but Bryan Danielson, he's he's got a stiff style anyway, and then we all know Miro is, you know, mm-hmm. stiff and tough guy, and they didn't hold anything back. They gave, they, they gave as good as they got.
0: And I was glad to see this match in on a submission because both the guys, I mean, they have mm-hmm. submissions yep. as their finishers. Yeah. And I think, I think with Brian Danielson, or as they're calling him, the Dragon or Dragon Master. or
1: Well, the American Dragon, that's what he was on the uh, Ring of Honor and on the Indies before okay. he signed with WWE.
0: Okay, that makes sense then but just judging from uh, uh last night's uh show the dynamite show it appears like you, they might be tr- turning him heel already
1: oh yeah i think he i think he's already made that turn because like that some of the stuff he was saying to hangman and it was like yeah we're gonna go we're gonna go heel which makes sense because you know hangman has been the ultimate baby face you know his mm-hmm. whole run in AEW, and now that he's the champion, it makes sense that he needs to go against a top heel. And Brian Danielson can work just as good of a heel as he can a face, in my opinion, better. Mm-hmm. He's a fantastic heel. He was great in Ring of Honor. He was a great heel in WWE. The I don't think there's anything that guy can't do.
0: As long as if he wins the belt, he doesn't all of a sudden churn it into like a plywood belt like you did. <laughs> <laughs> the, I'm like, oh, oh, can we please stop with that belt? It wasn't made out of hemp. No, it's not. <laughs> you can get that one at Lowe's. Yeah. You know, they, I mean, they have me. Now, the now I got to go
1: to Lowe's and see if I
0: can. <laughs> <laughs> I'll oh. set it on the
1: shelf with my other one. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> Uh, but I mean, the match itself—I mean, it was still good. And oh yeah,
1: it was extremely—it uh, was an extremely good match. It was physical, but yet still had your technical aspects of it from both guys, and I thought it was great. I thought it was a great match.
0: And the way the way it ended, and yeah, it was a technical submission, but it was yeah, he Miro was out.
1: Yeah, he yeah he was out.
0: Yeah. Which yeah. meant he never actually gave up. He just, exactly. couldn't, he couldn't continue, but he never right. actually gave up. Yeah. And so that, that he's still getting over.
1: Exactly. It didn't make, it didn't make Miro look weak at all because Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson literally had to knock him out to beat yeah. him. So there's your story right there. It's like, it tells you how, you know, it, it puts Miro over as being, it's like you can throw everything at him and you legitimately have to knock him out in order mm-hmm. to beat him so yeah they did they did a good job of booking that match i thought it was excellent
0: and jim ross and his podcast today he was talking about uh they were they were going over i think it was survivor series 2001 which apparently was like one of the worst survivor series like in the history of ever and that was the one that was in Greensboro, and they said they only drew like 10,000 fans in a 20,000 seat arena for Survivor Series. Yep. Yeah. And well,
1: that's because they botched the invasion angle so bad. It's like the yes. only thing people were interested in was the main event.
0: And I'm trying to think why, for some reason, I did not watch that one. Because that was in 2001 uh you know that had been in november we had just found out that my wife was pregnant with my daughter oh okay you know okay. so we were having to save back a little bit of money <laughs> so yeah yeah that makes yep, sense yep um you know but jim ross they they were talking about wrestlers you know winning the matches or losing the matches but still coming out looking strong he said you don't have to go over to get over exactly yeah oh man and see that's what Jim Ross I mean he's like the greatest I mean
1: yeah well I mean that's the the best example ever is Steve Austin
0: yeah exactly
1: he, he got over in defeat I mean he passed yeah. out in the sharpshooter and got over he he got over he got over more in defeat than he ever would have if he if he'd have beat Bret Hart at WrestleMania 13.
0: And uh, Ross also mentioned Jeff Hardy when him and the Undertaker had their thing going and yeah. yeah, Undertaker was just beating the holy dog snot out of him. Yeah. And, but Jeff was like, bring me more, bring me more.
1: Yeah. It's like, Undertaker, come on, come on. Yeah. And then, you know, Jeff ended up getting over, you know, more so than he would have if he'd have won the title.
0: Yeah. And I remember watching that just went in there like he was going to punch him and The final He just said, you know what? He just raised his hand. He said, yeah. You know, yeah, it's like this, this kid, guy. yeah, and <coughs> excuse me. uh, uh, but the next match is one of the ones that we were talking about with the the six man falls count anywhere match, which net positive, but it did have some spots that I was um, that, there was a couple spots that looked like there were some botches. In any sense. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's for me, it's like, it got more interesting for me once, once they left the ring, once they were up on the ramp area and started working, it got more interesting, interesting for me up there. But one thing I'm going to say, Luchasaurus is ridiculously talented. Yes, he is. No man that size should be able to do a standing moon call.
0: (laughs) And he did. He just. Yeah. It's like,
1: <laughs> no dude that big. I mean, they, Jim Ross said he's probably about 280. The dude's got to be six 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 seven Easily. Yeah, and he's doing a standing moonsault. Once, he did a standing moonsault in the ring. Then he did a moonsault again off the ramp onto the guys on the floor. It's like, this guy is just amazing.
0: Yeah. And I know they're really, really pushing Jungle Boy. Yes. Or as yes. Mims told us uh, last week, he said they he's becoming Jungle Man. Yes, yep. and you know, so at first he was kind of hesitant to do the concerto in the ring.
2: Yeah,
0: and then he told Christian, "Hey, all right, give me the give me the chair."
3: Yeah,
0: you know, well, bam. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know, the, I mean, there was a lot of good moves. One of the things I have noticed though with AEW is a lot of their stuff, and I mean, and I hate to say this, is a knock on AEW a little bit. Um, a lot of their stuff looks a little too choreographed at times. Nah,
1: I could see that. Yeah. I, I don't really have an issue with it. I guess it's just a, I guess because it's like outside of that WWE bubble, that's kind of the style in right. most places. Um, it is more of that, you know, crisp, real quick, Type of offense, right? But I get what you're saying, though. Yeah, there there are some some spots I could see that, but I don't really think it at the moment. Anyway, I don't really think it hurts their product, though. No, I do see the the rumblings on Twitter about it, but wrestling Twitter is just obnoxious at times. So. Oh,
0: and how many times have we seen it posted? In fact, I've posted it. It said, "I am a wrestling fan."
1: Yes. Uh CM Punk posted uh few few months ago, he said, you know you can like more than one style of wrestling or more than one wrestling company. You don't yeah. have to just be like, it's not like, oh, I'm only loyal to this company.
0: Yeah. And the minute you start having company loyalty, you know, that's when you're gonna end up being disappointed.
3: Yes. I mean, yeah. that
0: it's you know, no, you gotta like all the entire industry well yeah okay there are some companies i could probably do without but <laughs> you know but i mean that's like the really really extreme extreme yeah. uh, i'm not going to go i'm not going to go search out backyard wrestling uh, because yeah. uh, i mean that's that's guys who they either could not get into the school yet yeah you know or they don't think they need the school
1: yeah, and I some I think a lot of the backyard stuff, I know there's I mean CM Punk started as a backyard wrestler, but there you know there are guys that did Hardy started out that way. But I think a lot of this current crop of backyard wrestlers, I think they feel like I'm athletic enough I don't need the I don't need the school. I'll just, you know, I can do this without that training and it's like it's more than just the moves you get trained on.
0: Mhm. And I I can't say uh, this for CM Punk because um, I mean I don't know uh, a terrible lot about his background like he, how he got started, but I know mm-hmm. with, with with the Hardys I mean yeah they started out in fact I mean it was in their own backyard yeah but then they they eventually moved it like inside because they live in Cameron or lived in Cameron. well I imagine they still live in Cameron and they actually managed to uh, procure was basically like a warehouse in Southern Pines, North Carolina. And which in that in that area, I mean Southern Pines at the time was the bigger town in that county. Uh now Pinehurst has actually surpassed it because of all the golf.
2: Oh, okay. Uh,
0: Yep. But that's where they started Omega, you know, professional Mm -hmm. wrestling. You know, they're the Omega League and they were training themselves. They were training their buddies. I mean actual training. It wasn't just, hey, let's, you know, it wasn't like a redneck, hey y'all watch this. I mean it was Yeah, it wasn't anything like that. I mean, it was like them, Shannon Moore, you know, some uh, some of the other ones from around um, there.
1: Hurricane Helms.
0: Hurricane Helms, yes. Yeah, he came down from Raleigh and he was yep. that part of them. And, you know, so, and then eventually they got more training uh, from the Italian Stallion. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, um, and yes, people, that's the real name for a wrestler, the Italian Stallion. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, there's some other stories about him too but um you know i think somebody needs to actually do a whole show about him at yeah. some point because he's a pretty interesting fella uh used to always he was always jobber to the stars type but i yeah. always like watching him wrestle but with some of the ones you know like we were saying um and i forgot where we were talking oh the false count anywhere uh how do we even get on to the get onto like backyard. Oh, the, the leagues. That's right. Yeah, because I yeah. said, yeah, some wrestling I won't like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do like how they're giving um whatever Perry, you know, Jungle Boy's actual name, something Perry. Uh, Jack. Jack. Jack Perry. Um Luke Perry mayor some peas Luke Perry's uh son. Yeah. And I like how they're pushing that one. Uh the Young Bucks are another really good team. Yep. Uh and a lot of people forget them because i forget they're they're also two of the execs in the company yeah but adam cole the young bucks and as we'll see i mean later on i mean they actually did have a little bit of involvement in the world title match but not as much as
1: not what not what you would think yeah yeah
0: you know so that was kind of interesting but uh with it being a false cut anywhere match, yeah, i was glad when they finally remembered oh yeah we can go outside the ring yeah yeah <laughs> and,
2: yeah
0: and uh but i mean it ended up being a uh, like i said net positive match uh the next match um cody and uh pack pock um i was about to call him by his wwe name and i never got uh, it neville yeah
1: it used to be neville yeah
0: and going against Malachi Black and Andrade El Idolo. Can't call him just Andrade. You gotta add the yeah. El Idolo. And one of the things I noticed when I'm watching this, I'm going, you know, all four of these guys had fairly well, some of them really recent runs in WWE. Mm-hmm. And the other two, it was just a couple of years ago they were in, in WWE. Yep. And they were kind of getting lost in the mid-card. And now, yeah, you know, they're standing out. Yep. And um, one of the things I also th- always think is interesting when you have have Malachi Black and Andrade Elidolo Il- together is because Malachi's wife, who was also Andrade's former manager, For, yeah, yeah, she's stuck in WWE. Yeah.
1: Also, <laughs> um, Andrade. Is who uh, Malachi Black when he was Aleister Black is uh, that's who Andrade is who Black beat to be become the NXT champion.
0: Ah, okay, that part I did not know. Uh, So that's actually kind (laughs) of (laughs) interesting with um, with his wife. Watch, I don't think they they were married yet, but
1: yeah, I don't um, think so either. I I uh, thought this match was good, but. I think I expected better with the talent of the four men that were in it. Yes. And I get where they were going with it, that, you know, really neither team was a team. It was just, they were just teaming for convenience against a common enemy. And yes. I get that, but I just don't feel like it gelled very well. I don't know if it was because, and all four of the guys, they had good chemistry. So I don't think yeah. that was the issue. I just don't know if, the crowd had been so hot for everything before it that they kind of cooled down because the crowd didn't have much of, you know a whole lot of reaction. They did when Aleister Black came out because he's he's over. I mean, he was over from the day he walked in the company. But he's it just keeps growing. Like as soon as his music starts, before he ever comes out, the fans are up and losing their mind. And anytime he was in the ring doing anything, the fans were all about it. But the rest of the time. I don't want to say they were disinterested, but I think they were just kind of spent from the other matches.
0: Yeah, already. Yeah. <laughs> so, and this to be a let-me-up match, I mean, that's... Yeah. Um, one of the things I thought was interesting was they were booing Cody when he got in the ring.
1: Yeah, they've been booing Cody yeah. for the last for the last few months. They've been booing Cody.
0: And I think they're booing him like not even the character they're booing him because yeah. of the involvement with the reality shows and
1: yeah and they kind of they work that into the storyline to where you know his you know the his circle has kind of you know storyline wise his circle has said he's gone hollywood with the reality show and the game show and all that stuff and his focus isn't where it should be and uh I think there's some real life animosity from the fans, which I don't really get because it's like, he's not doing anything that any other pro wrestler has done or will do. I mean, if the opportunity's there, why not take it? You can't wrestle forever. So if you can get your foot in the door somewhere else, you know, that way you've got something to fall back on, say, so you get injured and can't wrestle anymore. So you you know, you hang up the boots and retire. He's just getting other things out there, so I don't really get the whole. I don't really get why they're booing him. Jim Ross said he thought it was just the fashion, the, the trendy thing to do. Is I, boo. I think it's
0: it's turned into that. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like
1: to be a trendy thing. Booing John Cena, people just did it because well, everybody else is booing him, so yeah, I'm just gonna boo him too. But
0: I, I mean, it's kind of like Nickelback.
1: Yeah. Which I don't get because I love
0: Nickelback. Yeah. Oh, same here. Um, And we were talking about that at work today. You know, I like Nickelback. I like Creed. I like Alter Bridge. I like, I don't like all of Imagine Dragons songs, but I do like some of them.
1: Yeah. I like some of Imagine Dragons. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because I want to hear somebody come into the ring with the song Thunder.
1: Yeah. Me too. That
0: that is an anthem song. It really is. Yeah,
1: their song "Monster" is good. That's the one they use that for the Daniel Bryan video package before WrestleMania 30.
0: Okay, I will have to go check that one out then because I haven't seen good. that one. It's just called "Monster." Yeah. Okay. Because there's also a song um by a, a group. skillet. A skillet.
1: It's a band called Skillet. They yeah. have one called "Monster" also
0: okay uh well we're in england there was a band called the automatic they have a song called monster and it was on it was like huge on the radio over there we were there
1: i'll have to um, check that one out i had not heard that one
0: yep um yeah it's pretty it's a pretty good song and if you see the video actually it may make you laugh because you remember the movie harry and the hendersons yeah it has like harry he's like dancing around <laughs> it. it's, it's like it makes no sense but okay now uh, and the song itself apparently is about drugs you know, oh, so okay. about like drug abuse yeah uh but anyway uh back to wrestling
2: yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> um this proves ladies and gentlemen we can talk about pretty much anything uh-huh <laughs> but, um one of the things also i got i've noticed about cody and dustin they both have very similar movesets, sets which makes sense because they're brothers yeah they do moves that dusty probably couldn't do yes yeah I, I never saw Dusty do a power slam. Yeah. And we all know about Dustin. His Uh, power slam was one of the best and Cody, he, he pulled one off. That was pretty, pretty close to it. I mean, you know, the thought was there a little bit of execution was lacking a little bit. And then they both do this thing. uh, And I know Dusty probably couldn't do this because they probably couldn't, couldn't get back up there. People are down for, um, they're going to try to do a backdrop where they just kind of, they they kind of slide up under him and bam and they they punch yeah, him right, right yeah. in the gullet. Yeah. Yeah, Dusty couldn't do that.
1: Yeah. They uh yeah, the the sons are definitely a lot more athletic than the father was. Yeah. Because like Cody is an you know, Cody was an amateur wrestler.
0: Uh Dustin Dusty.
1: just Dustin just had Dustin was like Barry Windham and he was just naturally gifted.
0: Yeah. I would want to say Dustin probably played football, maybe baseball, because apparently Dusty was a, a phenomenal baseball player. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Um. Of course, later on, he looked like, you know, the softball player that goes out and, and <laughs> yeah. you know, gets blitzed Friday night and then goes out Saturday and, and gets three home runs in one game. <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah.
2: Um.
0: But, yeah, apparently, yeah, he was a pretty good baseball player. But, but yeah, like I said, I mean, yeah, this match – um, I don't know what they were kind of going for with Cody and Pac, like almost fighting on who's going to be in the ring.
1: Oh, because uh, Pac is just, he had said in an interview, like right before the pay-per-view started, he said that, uh, uh that basically this was just, an ends to a means and he's like this little relationship we have once this match is over then it's done because the only people the only people that pop is like friends with is the lucha brothers okay as far as aew goes that you know as far as like right. storyline and everything he's he's his character is a miserable human being and he doesn't like anybody but them
0: oh he looks <laughs> like it i mean he has like you know, he has like the perpetual boo face yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um but I mean his move set is fantastic even though the was um they call it the Black Arrow now it was the Red Arrow and yeah it, it was
1: the Red Arrow in WWE but yeah it's the Black Arrow now.
0: And uh, I don't understand. I mean it looks spectacular and it takes a mm-hmm. lot of athletic ability to be able to pull it off. I don't think it really adds any emphasis to the move but if I saw somebody do it in a real fight I, yeah. I'd probably go and jump in the fight and punch them myself. <laughs> I, think, what I like
1: you... how he usually does it, though, because here, the last few months, he's done it to where his opponent is laying on their stomach. He does the black arrow to their back and okay. immediately puts them in a submission. I
0: can ah. tap out. Okay. Yeah, that does make sense. And the next match, um, I like Britt Baker. And you know, I like—I mean, I like her as champion. However, mm-hmm. I was wanting uh, Tay Conte, Tay Conte, uh, to win this one. Um, you know, but of course, I mean, I didn't get my wish. <laughs> um, but I didn't get to, this one was won. Unfortunately, um, I'll, I'll, I need to go back and watch it again because this is when I was starting to get distracted by work. Yeah, and you know, so. Uh and that's one of the things. I mean, whatever you're whatever you're doing to pay your bills, that has to be your priority.
2: Yep.
0: You yep. know, so um yeah, so I was trying to keep up with it and uh I know the match as far as I remember it did end clean. You know, it was a lot of good a lot of good moves yeah. in there. Tycon, she didn't look bad losing.
1: No, she didn't look bad. I just I I didn't think I knew she wasn't gonna get it. I think she will. Eventually, win the win the world title. I just don't think she's ready for it yet. So I think that it was a good call to keep it on Britt.
0: And Tykona being legit with the MMA, yes, yeah, that's you know, when it, anytime you get the title put on somebody who's like that. Uh, of course, Britt Baker. I mean, it's not saying she's not legit, right? Um, but, I mean, I, I think she does a lot for the women's division. Nobody's, nobody's mad about Britt Baker holding the title.
1: No. You know, no. so. She's, she's kind of – she's taken that division and put it on her back. Yep. And,
0: and just think, if she punches you in the mouth and loses a tooth, you know what? Hey, She'll immediately yeah. fix it. Yeah. <laughs> now, we do need to find out why she didn't respond about Chris demise because that was a real injury the man had. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, you yeah. know, and I tagged her on Twitter. And she didn't respond. We're like, hey, um, you know, he, he, he,
1: hey,
0: he, Dr. Baker, <laughs> he, Dr. Baker, I mean, he he broke half his tooth in the ring,
3: yeah,
0: again, apparently against Warlock's 40 pound butter covered biscuit head.
3: <laughs>
0: but, uh, but anyway, but yeah, the match, like I said, I'll, I will have to go back and rewatch this one, you know, and I do feel kind of guilty about that, but it was just a case of just timing yeah and uh and i knew i wasn't gonna be able to watch anything else uh the rest of the afternoon because i, I actually did and it was just requests that uh that come up you know that we, mm-hmm. we, get, we get ad hoc stuff basically it's like hey can you pull this for me real quick or hey can we look at this real quick and yeah you know so and i'm an analyst and you know so right. at, that's my job I and mean, i actually do like my job so um it it's it's Different challenges, and it's like the good kind of challenges, right, right? Yeah, you know the ones that you know. A lot of satisfaction when you do, uh, because you don't always get an answer, which is what we look. But when you do get those answers, I right. mean, it's very satisfying. Now, CM Punk and Eddie uh, Kingston. Um, this feud I don't see it ending anytime soon. By the way, this was the shortest match in the card at eleven minutes. Oh wow! Yeah, it was.
1: It was a fight, though, from the jump. I thought it was – honestly, I thought it was over when Eddie hit that spinning back fist.
0: The, the very before the bell rang?
1: Before the bell rang? Yeah. I thought it was done because that looked nasty.
0: And oh, – and the way after the match ended, and, you know, with CM Punk, I mean, hitting, moving um, – Clean victory, and then he held his hand out, and Eddie w- he just walked out. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, okay, so they are going to be pushing this more." Um, I didn't rewind it to when Punk all of a sudden started bleeding. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember
1: how that happened.
0: I mean, it was outside the ring, but do you yeah. think? Do you think he bladed, or do you think it was hard way? I
1: think it was hard way. Okay, because it. <laughs> He was bleeding usually when they, usually when they blade, if you notice a lot of times when wrestlers blade, it stops after a while for some reason. And it's like, this kept going. Yeah. And it, it, it didn't, you know, it wasn't just like, he, his face wasn't just painted with blood, but it was just like, it just kept trickling. It, yeah. Like the whole, the whole rest of the match.
0: And I love Jim Ross's commentary on that. He said he's going to lose energy, yeah, because of that—the blood coming out. So eventually, yeah. he's not going to be able to wrestle. I was like, "Man, Jim Ross adds so much.
1: He really, yes, does. he does. Yes, he does."
0: And uh, very—I mean, this would—this ended up being a fight. Yeah. Um, but CM- you knew it.
1: You knew it was going to be though, because. Like the look on Eddie Kingston's face you could tell that this was this was wrestling at its best because Mm -hmm. it was a great storyline steeped in reality Mm -hmm. you could tell that there's some animosity from their indie days that they've never got to work out because they've gone different paths in wrestling and the look on Eddie Kingston's face because like Jim Ross even said he's like look at the man's eyes he's like, he's usually very animated and got that grin on his face and he's like and he's got, you know, he had that thousand yard stare. He was in the zone and Punk was too. Punk didn't pause on the stage to say it's clobbering time like he always does. He came out in fight gear. Yeah, They they knew it was going to be a fight.
0: And and it was, I mean, it was from, yeah, well, before the bell rang,
1: yeah, even before. Like <laughs> I the, mean, that spinning backfest was nasty. Oh, and Never. he
0: nailed him with that, yeah. And it's part of that makes me wonder. I mean, like you're saying, I mean, there is some real animosity, mm-hmm. uh, how much this was maybe part of a shoot fight, you know, or they're oh, saying, you know what, just lay it in
1: some of that stuff that, uh, CM Punk was saying on um, Dynamite and Rampage, you know, leading up to this match. Brian Danielson confirmed that in an interview that that was, you know, those were legit feelings. He said those were legit feelings on my part, too. He said, he said my issue with Eddie Kingston was always the guy has so much natural talent, but he doesn't always put in the work to get to that next level
3: ah okay
1: he said that because like when punk was like it wasn't just me it was danielson it was joe there were other guys who saw this in you but then were disappointed because you didn't take advantage of what you were given and put in the work to get to the next level and brian danielson confirmed he's like he said that was always my issue he's like you watch him wrestle and the guy's amazing but he's like but there's guys like me and Punk and Joe, that we hit the showers, then we're watching tape and we're analyzing things to get better for the next match. And he's like, and Eddie's not doing that, and that was our issue with Eddie.
0: And it kind of makes me wonder who, you know, Eddie had. I remember he did not have like a mentor to actually pull him aside and say, look you know this if you want to be successful you need to do a b and c
1: and i think some of the issue i don't want to speculate because i don't know the man personally but he has been very candid about the fact that he has suffered with severe depression issues and so that may that i'm sure that that has been a been a lot of what's going on because as someone who suffers from depression issues, I, I understand it is all oh, same it's here. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's exhausting. Yeah, and I can't imagine being—you know—it's exhausting for you and I having those issues in everyday life. I can't imagine being a professional wrestler in that type of environment and having to deal with depression issues.
0: Right, and because uh, I mean, like you said, I mean it just sucks the energy right yeah. out of you. And sometimes you know you don't feel like hanging out watching tape, and yeah, you, know, you just want to go back, you know, wherever they're at, go back to the hotel room and just go to sleep.
2: Yep. Yep. And, and
0: alone. yep. And I get that, and and you know maybe that's another case of somebody should have noticed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And pull them aside and said, "Hey, you know what's wrong?" Or "Hey, let's let's sit down." and watch this tape yeah you know maybe it's a tape of yourself you know let's critique this or right. maybe it's a, okay you know watch this one and, and read this and watch this because like brian Anderson said i, I mean, the ones who made it higher right,
3: mm-hmm.
0: are the ones who they did they took that time to yeah. watch the films or to watch all yeah. the other matches and because steve austin said it was dutch mantel when when Austin came out of the ring one time in Memphis, Dutch Mantell grabbed a chair and said, sit down, you're going to watch every single match. Yeah. And he said he made him do that. He said, you need to do that so you know what's going on. He said, so you, right. know, you know how to do the moves. And and if Eddie Kinston wasn't doing that, I mean, part of me does say, yeah, it's on him, but the other part, you know, because you and I both know about depression. Mm-hmm. And we both know, you know, it's
1: yeah, I think it's a mix I think it's a mixed bag. I think it's a combination of both. And I just I'm gl- I'm honestly glad because I've I've always liked Eddie Kingston. I've watched him for years on the independence. He was an impact. Um I'm glad he's got an opportunity to be on the national stage.
0: Yeah. And I think he will, I mean, I think he will get bigger. Yeah um he definitely you know deserves it i mean as long as he's been around um he it may take him moving to another company because you know to kind of get away from the familiar yeah um, you know go do something you know get out of your comfort zone go do something unfamiliar and you know learn a new hold you know learn get a new audience and um but yeah. either way yeah this match was uh it, it was pretty brutal there wasn't a lot of brutal
1: and i i enjoyed every minute of it
0: and punk doing first doing his john cena <laughs>
1: talk <laughs> about trolling yeah that was oh uh, yeah i he...
0: didn't i didn't want to call it a tribute but yeah you're trolling yeah you. <laughs> that's a more yeah. accurate word you're right
1: yeah but i mean the way he had that crowd as soon as he did that blue thunder bomb and stood up and raised his hand and yes. the crowd went nuts. They, everybody knew. And it's like, uh, that speaks to punk's ability to hold the crowd's attention, but you got to give John Singer credit because he's made that iconic to where mm-hmm. people know exactly what that is. As soon as it's done from the through, From the blue thunder bomb to the pop-up to the hand in the air. Yep.
0: Yep. But instead of, you know, of course, doing the, you can't see me, you flip (laughs) it off. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, Punk, didn't he also land a five-star frog splash?
1: Uh, I'm trying to think. I know he did a tribute to Eddie. I'll have to go back and watch it again because I can't remember if he did a frog splash or if he did the Three Amigos. I'm thinking he did the Three Amigos.
0: Okay, because I know now in the next match, yes, uh, the, the inner circle, yeah, that one they definitely had some tributes there. Jericho did a frog splash, yeah. Um, was it Sammy that did the three amigos?
1: Sammy did the three amigos, yeah, and I think either Santana or Ortiz did a t- tribute as well. Um, this match. I thought was a little too much. There was just there were, <laughs> there were too many people involved. I think if it had not best been like
0: three on three, it had
1: just been like Jericho and one of the members of Inner Circle versus Dan Lambert and one of you know one of America's top team or either Scorpio Sky or Ethan Page. I just think five on five was too much for what this was. I cool. did like. The Prince tribute when Jericho pulled the sign. Yeah, the I was like, year. "Oh my, oh my!" And, and it was the Prince symbol. I, as a huge Prince fan, I appreciated that. Um, of course, I loved the, the Eddie Guerrero tribute. You could tell Chris Jericho was extremely emotional. Yeah. At the end, uh, but uh, I, it wasn't a bad match by any means. It was just, for my taste, it was just. If it had been elimination style. I would have been
0: okay with it. Yes, I was actually going to say the same thing, and and even though the the prince part was pretty cool, but there was a lot of silliness in this fight.
1: There was there was <laughs> there was a little too much silliness in this, yeah. in this fight, but I get it because now Dan Lambert coming out in the velour jumpsuit was fantastic, <laughs> and he does you know he does a fantastic job of being a despicable heel. Yeah. I give him credit. You know, he's he does his job of getting fans to hate him. Um but yeah, I thought this match would have went a lot better if it had been elimination style.
0: And especially
1: if everybody on American's top team had got eliminated and it came down to Dan Lambert against the inner circle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um I, I'll tell you what, Sammy Guevara, I think he I think he's going to end up being like the next breakout. Star. oh yeah
1: he's he's definitely the future that dude yeah. is fantastic i mean and, and stuff, not, he, stuff he pulls off He he's so, to be so young he is so smooth yeah with his execution on everything
0: and jake hager I mean, of course jake hager now he's been around a little bit um yeah and and i still like him santana and ortiz i mean they were great they were doing a lot of good team moves oh yeah but yeah, Guevara, I mean, he because well, Guevara is the first one in the ring, too. I think that's part of why he he probably stood out in this match. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Man, he you know, like you said, he was just smooth.
2: Yeah.
0: And yeah, to watch um to watch Jericho just finally just start waylaying on Dan Lambert. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: yeah, it was it was a good pay, it was it was a good payoff to their feud. I'll give them that yeah i just would have preferred my prep it's just my preference i would have preferred an elimination style with that many people involved
0: and tell you what next time somebody you know, next time you're playing triple pursuit and if they say where was the butt cake invented minneapolis we now okay. know that <laughs> yeah remember but,
3: that.
0: yeah remember tony shivani he kept talking about the butt that's cake. right he did <laughs> yeah he sure did they said all this stuff is you know, from stuff that was invented in minnesota uh, the water yeah. ski i'm like the water <laughs> ski really and, and he said in the toaster oh no not the toaster some of their commentary was absolutely just killing me and, and
1: I, I i don't want any i don't want any of our listeners to think that i'm anti wwe because i'm absolutely not but i've watched wwe for as long as i can remember and i've have no problem being objective when they do something good I'm going to tell it when they do something bad I'm going to tell that too and the difference between AEW's commentary and WWE's commentary are night and day it's Mm -hmm. like the commentators do their job and they give you you know they give you information to accentuate the story that the wrestlers are telling and in WWE it's like with any other wrestling promotion in the world. The wrestling tells the story and the announcers amplify that story. But they also describe to you what's going on as far as moves and explaining the moves and things like that. WWE, if they tell a move, it's, they're generally wrong, especially Michael Cole. He is For somebody who has been there as long as he has he still tells he still says the wrong move repeatedly on different things and they're more concerned about we have a story and we're going to build the story around the wrestlers you know around the wrestling instead of letting the wrestling
0: tell the story yeah exactly and and also uh from what from what I've actually heard Jim Ross say, and I've uh, also read this, that McMahon, and actually also Eric Bischoff, uh, Eric Bischoff, not, not to the degree of McMahon, they did not like when Jim Ross would actually mention, oh, yeah, so-and-so, yeah, they, went to, they played football at such-or-such college.
1: Yeah. They don't, they, didn't want, they don't want anybody's background told. It's like they're so worried about staying in this vacuum. And yeah. it's like you know everybody that watches wrestling if, you, if you're older than 10 you know that these guys have wrestled somewhere else
0: mm-hmm. for the most part for the most part uh, there are a handful in wwe who actually started there in yes. um well what was fcw then morphed into nxt and then you know, yeah. uh, even like charlotte charlotte i mean she's an nxt probably yeah. second generation but she's still
1: her well, and roman And yeah, there's some people that started, you know, started there, but your, your Kevin Owens and your Seth Rollins and your Rey Mysterios and guys like that all came from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. They didn't start life in WWE.
0: And especially any of them that came from a different country. Yes. Because do you think they traveled all the way there? Just, no, they started where whatever country they're from like page exactly.
1: it's like don't act like shinsuke nakamura yeah. started life in wwe no
0: yeah especially and, when wrestling is huge in japan
1: yeah and it's like why not acknowledge to me acknowledging the work that a wrestler has put in in other places just makes them feel more important once they've, they've done all this work and then they've gotten to the wwe so they put in the time so why not acknowledge, to me, it's it shows a lack of respect for the work that these men and women have done in their career. And I like the fact that other companies outside of WWE actually tell where people have, you know, tell people's background, explain the moves, even call the moves, because Vince McMahon doesn't even want, people, want his announcers to call the moves in the ring.
0: Uh, kind of a break. Break. Speaking of WWE, I just got a notification on YouTube about Cultaholic Wrestling. It says it's live breaking WWE releases, and it looks like John Morrison. Oh, yeah.
1: Let us see if I got anything from Twitter.
0: Gotcha. Uh, Let me see.
2: Uh, there's my Twitter. Oh. Uh, looks
0: like Morrison Drake Maverick. Um, I mean, this is all, um,
1: yeah, I haven't gotten anything yet, but I'll keep an eye on it. I haven't gotten anything from the pages that I follow on Twitter. So it may just not have come through yet, but I'm not, if, if John Morrison did get released, I hate, uh, I always hate to see anybody lose their job, but good for him because they wasted it.
0: Yeah. They've been...
1: They did absolutely nothing. I know him and Miz had that brief run with the tag titles, but John Morrison has proved in other companies that he is a main event guy, and I think he should have gotten an opportunity in the main event, and I think this is going to be better for him if he does leave, especially since his wife has already been released.
0: Um, according I to mean, I,
1: wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to work somewhere where my wife got fired, so
0: exactly. And according to a report from Fightful, the WWE have released John Morrison, Top Dalla, Ashanti Adonis, Isaiah Swerve Scott, Tegan Knox, Drake Maverick, Shane Thorne, and Jackson Riker.
1: Isaiah
2: Swerve Scott, yep. They yeah.
0: oh. <laughs> think about this, yes. Yeah, so, um, so hit row. You know, how they, they're they done. Yeah. I was looking forward to seeing that because I'm like, okay, you know, this is a new faction and it looks like.
1: And they were so good on NXT. Yeah. They were so good. Isaiah Sorg Scott is on the Indies. He was Shane Strickland. He was fantastic. He was, I've seen him in Defy. I've seen him in CZW. The dude is incredible. You know, he's they always talk about, you know, certain people don't have charisma. This dude's got charisma by the gallons. He is fantastic in the ring. I don't, if, if this is, if they did release him, that makes absolutely no sense to me.
0: Well, we'll find out. I mean, like I said, this is all, uh, you know, just rumors right now I'm catching this literally as we're recording this, Uh, this came in from uh, like, I got a, because I have cultalholic, I have they're one of the ones I actually get notifications about when they make a new video,
2: right, right.
0: And and so that's and they, they got it from a different source, you know, they got it from fightful. So so right now we're getting third hand information, but yeah, going to be interesting. But we still do have the last match to talk about, and this match I think actually definitely. Um, it met the expectations of it. It was it was supposed to be a good match, and it was. Um, Hangman Adam Page d- defeating Kenny Omega for the AEW World Championship. And I'll tell you what I mean. These two, the the whole story behind the match, just the psychology behind it, with yes. them. You know, they used to be friends, and then, you know, of course, a year ago. Um, omega wins the the title they kept saying it during the whole thing he started from john moxley
2: yeah
0: and and, uh, of course him and adam page they were aligned back then and yeah of course adam page i mean he went off and had a baby
2: yeah
0: you know at least his wife had a baby and yeah um you know but i mean he went on his paternity leave and then comes back and um If anybody wants to see the kind of stuff that you can learn from a Japanese uh, company, watch this match. Yes, yes. Because Kenny Omega, the moves he was doing and just in this match alone is not something you're necessarily going to learn in an American ring. Right. This is the stuff, man, this is a great match.
1: And I'm one of those people that when I am wrong, I will be the first one to tell you. That, I, that I'm wrong about something. Not to say that I like saying I'm wrong, but <laughs> I, will say, I will say that I'm wrong. And my opinion of Kenny Omega has changed because they keep, you know, they've you've been beat over the head with it from New Japan to AEW and everywhere in between that Kenny Omega is the best wrestler in the world. Do I think Kenny Omega is the best wrestler in the world? I do not. I think Brian, I think right now Brian Danielson is the best wrestler in the world. But I do think Kenny Omega is in the top five of the best wrestlers in the world, especially after knowing what that man has worked through since 2018. He has wrestled with Vertigo.
0: With Vertigo. Yes. It's
1: 2018. He's, he went into this match with shoulder issues that are going to require surgery.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So he's going to be out for a while, but he would not have that surgery done until he could drop the title to hangman. And I have nothing but respect for that is how pro wrestling should be. Yes. And I'm not saying that you should prolong the surgery and all that, but the respect that he had not only for wrestling, but for hangman Mm -hmm. to be like, I'm going to have the surgery done, but this is our plan. So this is what I'm going to do to put my friend over and, you know, and do that. And he, you know, for the foreseeable future, Kenny Omega is going to be out. He's going to have to have, from what uh, reports that I saw earlier today, he's going to have to have multiple surgeries because he's been wrestling with injuries for the past couple of years. And he's going to, he's going to take time off, have his surgery, heal up. Um, But, but Kenny Omega, if anybody that listens to our podcast you know get word to Kenny Omega I've changed my opinion you're absolutely one of the greatest wrestlers in the world I have nothing but respect for you for what you've accomplished and for the professionalism that you showed in this match because there are a lot of wrestlers that would not have gone through that match they would have just relinquished the title and went off and done their surgery and I respect the fact that You did business the right way.
0: And he didn't have to have somebody sitting there at the gorilla position in the back taping up their fist to do it. Taping his fist. Yeah.
1: (laughs) No, he, he did it. Yeah. And, uh, again, like I said, WWE needs to take notes because this is how you tell a story. They have and for people who say long-term booking is dead. This has been in the plans. Since AEW opened its doors, this is two years in the making that this story has gone and it culminated like it should have. Bully Ray was on his podcast and said that if he was booking it, he wouldn't have had Hangman win the title at full gear. He would have stretched it out a little further. I disagree because if you stretch it out any further, then the fans aren't going to care. Right. Because you, you've, got, you've got the fan to entrance at its peak. That's when you have to capitalize on it. You can't just, you can't swerve the fans when this is what they're expecting. You can't pull that swerve and be like, oh, well, we're going to hang on to this for another month and then give you what you want because then they're not going to care.
0: Right. And there was one part of the match, though, where Omega, he actually had me laughing pretty good when he was standing outside the ring and he's holding on to the top rope like he's going to do some kind of springboard in and hangman was all the way on the other side of the ring and I'm like what's he gonna do what you know and then all of a sudden he just all of a sudden just walked back in the ring <laughs> and yeah the, and the crowd that you started laughing because they, they knew they all just got got swerved
2: yeah yeah because yeah. he's like yeah yeah
0: all right <laughs> so, uh but yeah I thought the match was good I, th- I like the ending the ending. And, like, after after Young Bucks came out, which I think they're going to have to bring this into a storyline, and I'm pretty sure they will, where you were expecting them to interfere, and you alluded to this earlier, something that, you know, you were going to talk about. And then they didn't interfere, and one of the Young Bucks, um, and you have to tell me which one, um, he just kind of nodded at Hangman like, Go uh, ahead. That was that was Matt Jackson. That was Matt. Okay. Yeah. But when he nodded at him, he said, Go ahead. Yeah. It's like yeah. they were giving him the nod. Yeah. We're not gonna stop you.
1: We're not gonna stop you. Yeah. But did you also notice that instead of having Matt come out there after he took that concerto from Jungle Boy, instead of having him come out there like nothing happened, he had him stumbling. No- Huh,
0: yeah, um he yeah. was kind of being held helped down. yeah,
1: and did you notice that he had an ice pack taped to his to the back of his neck?
0: I did not notice that.
1: Yeah, I caught that when he like he turned his head a certain way to look up at hangman and I noticed it. There was the tape and the ice pack. It was like like right there, right under his neck. I thought that was a great touch to show okay, I'm out here, but I'm hurt. It didn't, it's not like we've seen it before in wrestling companies over the years where a guy takes a a, just an awful move a couple of hours before the pay per view, and then the the main event comes and he does a run in, and like nothing's happened,
0: or like you know, giant big show Paul White falling off the top of a (laughs) yeah (laughs) of a stadium arena, the the
1: building, and then. Comes out for his world title match in the main event like nothing happened, and that it's one, like, yeah, you know that's not possible.
0: <laughs> and and wasn't that one the same one where the the yeti, the the Yeti? Yes, he also debuted, and they had that. Even though, he,
1: even though he was dressed like a mummy, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like why don't you just call him the mummy or something that looks sounds like a mummy?
1: Yeah,
0: the Yet the yeti? Yeah. No, I, you know the yeti I'm thinking like Bigfoot. Uh-huh. You know the Loch Ness monster, or not the Loch Ness? The abominable, the abominable snow, the abominable, <laughs> the abominable snowman. That's a Yeti, not, not not toilet paper, dude. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that's the kind of like that's like a generic Halloween costume, you know. Yeah. But they had him do that double bear hug on Hogan, which looked really really bad. Oh, that was terrible. And, and you know, but they had him falling off the building and just walking out. Yeah. And yeah. then, of course, Boss Man getting literally hung at WrestleMania yeah. 15.
1: Yeah, WrestleMania. Uh, yes, WrestleMania 15. 15. In Philadelphia. Yeah.
0: And next night on Raw, like, nothing happened. It's like, he got hung the night before.
1: Yeah, he's hanging from the cell. And uh, then nothing.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and and uh, so I, I like the fact that they... AEW is good about their continuity, and that's what—that's what you need in wrestling. It's like if you're going to start something, you got to follow up on it. You can't just drop it. You can't just get bored with an angle and drop it. You, that attention to detail is so important in wrestling.
0: Right. I mean, and every once in a while, you'll have something happen to where they just kind of have to let it drop.
1: Right. It's but injured or. Something beyond their control happens. Yeah, I get it, but right. but just the ice pack on the back on his on his neck was that that little bit of detail was fantastic.
0: Like Bret Hart limping out to the ring for Royal Rumble uh, '94.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Yep. I, I mean that that's a I think that's another perfect example. I mean his leg Owen hurt his leg. That's why Owen kicked his leg in his leg. Yeah. <laughs> and. Brett and everybody knew his leg was hurting, so he came out yeah. there limping.
1: Or like in the King of the Ring when he wrestled Mr. Perfect, and he popped he like they did a move and one of his fingers got dislocated. And so Brett popped it back in. And then, hmm. but the rest of the match, he would favor that hand to sell the fact that I got hurt, so I'm gonna keep selling it instead of acting like nothing's happened.
0: Yeah, instead, you know. Like I said, we got boss man, you know, getting hung, but then like nothing happened. Or the way my daughter says it, she's like, so you mean like all those 1970s and 80s sitcoms where they had something dramatic happen in one episode, but they never mentioned it again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's like, yeah. Cause I, I've talked to her about different strokes because yeah. I'd I say I saw every episode of different strokes. Every single one of them from the very first one where they first got it. Well, they didn't get adopted right away where they first moved in with Mr. Drummond all yeah. the way to that yeah the last season where they got moved to ABC and the very first episode of Sam got kidnapped. You know, but of course they never mention it again. They don't they never mention when when Arnold and Kimberly were more or less held hostage by a guy and the guy almost assaulted Kimberly. Well they never mentioned it again. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, you know and yeah so uh yeah so wrestling's kind of suffered that too sort of even though they shouldn't. Yeah.
1: No. Um, about the wrestlers that we were just talking about mm-hmm. like, being released. Uh, it was confirmed on Twitter by, uh, Sean Ross sat, he works for fightful.com mm-hmm. and it, yeah, all those people have been released and John Laurinaitis, uh, told them it was budget cuts.
0: They're keeping him around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <they're laughs> I know why. I know the first budget cut I'd be making yep
1: that is absolutely the first one but uh but back to full gear i know we got to wrap it up but this pay-per-view was fantastic it
0: really was it was
1: and like you, like we were talking before before the show you said it perfectly wwe has got to step their game up because aw is killing it right now i mean their their tv is fantastic Their pay-per-views are fantastic. It's like everything they're doing is great. They are, you know, their women's division is phenomenal. I know that was like the chink in the armor there for a while for AEW was that their women's division was kind of lacking, but they rectified that, and they've got some tremendous wrestlers in their women's division. They're also introducing a... uh, the TBS title for for the women. And I think they're just doing a great job. Britt Baker is a phenomenal champion. Um there's several worthy contenders. I just not to sound like an AEW fanboy, but I think everything they're doing is just on the money right now. I hope they keep I hope they just stay the course and keep putting out great wrestling product because it's it's a great time to be a wrestling fan.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I will say this, and this isn't really something that AEW can necessarily control, but when the fans are out chanting AEW, AEW, you need to be very careful because, remember, ECW, people were very, very loyal to the ECW brand, and AEW, they have some, they're a little edgier than WWE, yeah. because just like, you know, Hangman Adam Page, like, the slogan people are chanting about him right now.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And yeah. we're family friendly, so I'm not going to say it, but part of it's cowboy just,
2: yeah,
0: you know, um, they just need to be, make sure they don't go down that path too much because once you hit a certain point, it's kind of hard to come back from it.
1: Yeah. And I'm and, okay with, I'm okay with as an adult, I'm okay with some of the language because yeah. it's like, it gives the fights, it gives you that fight feel because you know if you're in a fight, no, you're not gonna be nice and sweet. There's gonna no, be you're some not. Words said. So I'm okay with that. I agree. And I, I think that they're kind of have a good balance as long as they don't ECW was fantastic for that time period, but it can't be replicated. It mm-hmm. was a once in a lifetime thing. And I don't feel like AEW needs to go. To the extreme so to speak to you know stay relevant i think they're doing a fine job of what they're doing
0: well and that being said survivor series is this sunday
1: yes it is
0: you know so hardly just a any promotion hardly any promotion and Dwell and i we are planning right now to actually review it at some point sunday afternoon before it starts uh, because they have SmackDown on Fridays, we've done this before. We, we review something, give our predictions, and then SmackDown happened.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it completely changed the whole thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because all of a sudden, I think it was Sasha was no longer available. And then something else yeah. happened. We're like, so we're not going to do that again. We're, we're going to try to give our uh, a Sunday afternoon. So it'll be actually uploaded. Hopefully before it starts, you know, we'll try to get it. We'll have to figure out that time. Yeah. Um. Me me and you to try to figure out the good time to actually record this, and because then we should know we. we, Well, there's they still have a couple of wrestlers that are to be announced.
1: Well, they've announced on Twitter, Tony Storm is the um the final uh, wrestler for the women's SmackDown team.
0: Okay. Um. Aaliyah was she the one on Raw that. No, Aaliyah she was the was one, one on
1: SmackDown. Sonya Deville took her out and then they put Tony Storm in.
0: Which, I'll be honest with you, the little feud between Sonya Deville and Naomi starting to get on my nerves.
1: Yeah, it's starting to get old. <laughs> it's like either, you know, either wrap it up or,
0: or do, either some, do something give us a
1: conclusion or just move on. But yeah, it's starting to get a little...
0: Yeah and you know um yeah i don't want to say too much about the car because we got sunday uh and then we actually have something very different planned for monday yeah and you know it's also revolving around a survivor series i just will say that um you know and this weekend i'm going to be watching the nwf show here in mount orb you know so hopefully you know um I'll, I'll be able to actually talk to Sinclair again and probably talk to him again. And, you know, cause like I said, the interview with Sinclair was just absolutely fantastic. And we, yes, are going to, yeah. Um, and I want, we need to have him definitely come back. Before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was absolutely amazing. And he was supposed to be a bad guy, but I mean, even as a bad guy, he, and he was still remaining a bad guy, but he still had yeah. it's just cracking up laughing. <laughs> and I will also say this is actually something else going on in Mount Orb has nothing to do with wrestling that the Western Brown high school football team is doing the best they've ever done ever. Awesome. Their quarterback is leading the nation in passing yards.
1: That's crazy. Yeah. They have,
0: yep. They have a game tomorrow night and I cannot remember the name of the the team they're playing, (laughs) but uh, they are in division three in Ohio football And the team they were playing are the number one seed. Western Brown are the number six seed. Okay. You know, so they're playing at a neutral site. Uh, More than likely, I won't be able to go to it uh, because it's like – it's almost two hours away. Oh, yeah. yeah, It's a little south of Columbus. And they're going to have buses actually leaving to take people uh, to the games, and I'll still be at work. Oh okay. Yeah, so and it's supposed to be pretty cold, but I just want to wish all those guys the best of luck because yeah, it is the best that this particular high school football team has ever done. And so I just want to give them a shout out. And good luck guys. Hopefully you win because this kid, dude, he's lighted it up. I mean, he's already he's already talked to Iowa State. He's already talked to Illinois. Oh, he's already talked really? to I mean, yeah, he's he's talked to some you know, division 1 FBS schools already. Oh wow. And he's only a junior. Really? Yeah. He gets – yeah, he's in the running for Mr. Football Ohio. And if he gets two more touchdowns uh, the rest of the season, he will pass Ben Roethlisberger as far as touchdowns. Wow. He passed up Joe Burrows a couple weeks ago as far as the yards. He's like number seven um, for all time for season yards in the state of Ohio, which, I mean, Ohio is a football state. Yeah. You know, Kentucky's a basketball state, everybody knows that. And yep. o- Ohio is definitely a football state.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, so and it's not that Ohio doesn't have good basketball teams, does not that Kentucky doesn't have good football teams. You know, but it's what they're known
2: for it it's what they're known
0: for. And you know, so I want to give all them the shout-outs. And I believe that is it. So right. yeah, so Yeah. But all right. So (laughs) everybody is listening. uh, Thank you once again for listening to us. Yeah. Definitely give us some feedback. If you can, we've been getting a lot of good feedback from people lately. Um, Even if it's something you think we might need to improve, but that's also some feedback we've been getting and we've been doing some things that we can iron. It's not coming as quick as what we'd like because well, some things take money (laughs) And, and, and then the other thing they take, which is more important than money is time.
2: Yeah.
0: And time is more valuable than money because money can always, always be replaced time cannot exactly you know so but we are certainly trying we're taking every single bit of advice we're are getting and we're taking it to heart and thank you again for all that everything that y'all do all the listeners and we we will be we be we will be, uh, we be, we'll be talking <laughs> um we'll be talking at y'all later and god bless
3: god bless